Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. We are thrilled today to have Kate Anthony here with us. She is the host of the critically acclaimed and New York Times recommended podcast, The Divorce Survival Guide Podcast, and the creator of the groundbreaking online coaching program, Should I Stay or Should I Go?, which helps women make the most difficult decision of their lives using coaching tools, relationship education, geeky neuroscience, wanna hear more about that, (laughs) community support, and deep self-work. And um, I found her from her podcast, It's Not Your Fucking Job. And I just had to know more. So we are thrilled to have you here with us today, Kate. I'm so happy to be here with you guys too. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get into this. I mean, we've spoken a little bit about how you got into coaching and, you know, your positive divorce after your not so positive marriage. Um, But why coaching? I mean, where does coaching even come from? The first thing that comes to my mind is I need a lawyer. So what's a coach? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. So yeah, the first thing that comes to your mind is you need a lawyer, which is not the first thing you should do. When, When you decide to get a divorce, everyone's like, lawyer up, lawyer up. Like, no, that's like the worst thing you can do. Because when you are in that heightened emotional state, you're going to make some possibly, not always, but possibly questionable decisions um, based out of the emotional sort of heat that you're in, right? I always say that when you're getting divorced, you're making the biggest legal and financial decisions of your entire life in the middle of the biggest emotional upheaval of your entire life. And it's a terrible combination. So... The first thing you should do is hire a coach, hire a therapist, but but please hire a therapist who is um, an expert in divorce, right? So we often think that that a therapist is a therapist, right? They all know everything. They really don't, you guys. They really, really don't. God love them, right? Um, but they can't be. They can't be an expert in everything. Just as you would not hire a you know, money mindset coach to help you through your divorce or a, you know, holistic nutrition coach to help you through your divorce, right? You want to hire a divorce coach, someone who has experience in this and not just life experience. Like I happen to have both. I have life experience, but I also have years of training and decades of experience with professional experience in this arena, right? So you want to hire someone. And and if you do that, it will save you money in the long run, right? Because if you go out, what people don't realize is that when you go out and you lawyer up, you are immediately creating a container of contention, right? This is now your, yeah, right? This is your lawyer versus my lawyer, as opposed to two individuals going, what's in the best interest of our children? Look, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't have kids and you want to waste all of your money on litigation, go for it. But the litigation system is designed to put children in the middle and working with a coach can help you keep them in the center. 
and help you process those emotions and get you out of your resentment and blame and all of that and come to it from a much more neutral standpoint, which is will far benefit your children like beyond exponentially. I just, I mean, first of all, I want to say like the distinction of making sure that you have a therapist who has experience with divorce is such an interesting like thing to think about because I, I don't know that I'd ever thought about it before you said it. I think you're right. Like most people think a therapist is going to help me get through whatever challenges I'm dealing with. And that's so important. And then the, and then the idea of divorce coaches, which TH and I have become so interested in over the last several months, because it was not a thing 13 years ago when she and I got, it divorced. was not. <laughs> the idea that you can have someone that's kind of helping to guide you through this process. I think a question that a lot of people might have is, well, then is your divorce coach, is that person helping you find your lawyer? I mean, let's like at a certain point, we all need to have a lawyer. And there are times where you can sit down with your soon to be ex-spouse and say, okay, what's in the best interest for the kids? And like, that person is not going to be capable of having that conversation with you. And it is just going to be acrimonious and contentious. And sometimes we have to just accept that and be like, okay, well, we're going to get a lawyer. So I think that people are going to want to know, well, what's your role in helping us? Yes. Right. That's a, that's a great question. So I also help people decide whether they're, go whether they need an attorney, a mediator, or if they're gonna go through collaborative divorce, or by the way, they can file online. So not everyone does need a lawyer. Um, look, if there are a ton of assets, you probably do, or at least you need a certified financial divorce um, analyst, a CDFA, certified divorce financial analyst, right? Um, so, you know, if there are tons of assets, you might need an attorney just to hammer stuff out. Or, but, but a mediator is just as good, and not all mediators are attorneys, by the way. So, um, but if you go and you and you quote lawyer up first thing, that attorney cannot be your mediator because that's a conflict of interest. So, if you've put in, if you put down a five thousand dollar retainer and you're keeping that retainer up to date, and you're put you you've sunk, you know, thousands of dollars into your attorney, and then you decide, you know what, I think I want to mediate, you have to start all over again. <laughs> so this is not, right, again, people rush into it. And especially I think women, because 69% of divorces are initiated by women. Which is such an interesting stat in and of itself. Is it though? <laughs> is it surprising? I think so, because I think that like, I think what one of the old fashioned maybe, uh, perspectives of divorce is a lot of men kind of like pushing the wives out for the younger model. And so I think that the fact that the oh, yeah, sure. overwhelming percentage of divorces are initiated by women, I do, I think that's an interesting fact. But, but what, what does it mean to initiate? I mean, well, that's the, he that's could the have really been initiating because he was being a pushing you away and acting in all these irreverent ways. So he actually initiated, but didn't speak the words, yes. I want a divorce. So she's the one who's like, I'm done here. Thank you very much. But he may have really been the one initiating it with his behavior. I mean, and by the way, initiating that statistic is based on like, who submits the paperwork, who files first, who always does the paperwork? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I was so annoyed that I didn't get to file for divorce in my situation. I was like, seriously, you're filing? We're supposed to sit down. I was like, God, at least give me that. Right, <laughs> right. Conversation about that. Like, I want to be the one to file. 
Sure. And in some states, you know, it doesn't, sometimes it does, just doesn't matter. In some states, it actually does. There, I can't remember, I think it was Kansas has some arcane, like insane law that like the, whoever files first, I mean, I can't remember, but like they get, there's some like benefit and like you're, I mean, it's, it's, it's archaic. It's, it's awful. And of course, patriarchal. And of course, you know, all of the things, yeah. um, <laughs> misogynistic, blah, 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 blah. But so, you know, 25% of, of, of divorces are initiated by women, but also the, the, the worst statistic of that is that 25% of people getting divorced have been to any couples counseling. Have not. No, 25 have. 75 have not. We didn't. We didn't. You did not. It, it was, it was, it was a it was slow burn. I mean, sure. there was just yeah. no, but we have spoken to experts about discernment therapy and, mm -hmm. and all sure. of that. So, yes. you know, back to your, your initial um, statement about whether you should stay or go, let's take a few steps back now again. Okay. So I want a divorce. Do I interview divorce coaches? How do I know you're a good divorce coach? What kind of criteria do you have to have to be a good divorce coach? Like, you know, a lawyer's got all the cases and you know that you want him to handle or she to handle, you know, family law and how many have you done? Right. But for a coach, is there a criteria? You know, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I think what you want to look for is someone who is trained um, as a coach. So there is no shortage of divorce coaches out there who are people who have gone through divorce um, and now want to coach other people, but right? Have no training to do it. Have had no training whatsoever. And unfortunately, um, the, uh, you know, the divorce coaching, the, the coaching industry is, you know, is completely unregulated, right? So you would never, never be like, I'm a therapist now. <laughs> you know, right? like, I gotta be honest. We've spoken to a lot of experts who are now also calling themselves coaches and it's because are they trained, but what does training mean? Like, where are you getting your training? Is it regulated? Is it not? Well, is it's not. So there standard? is a governing body. So there's a governing body called the international coach federation. They have a very, very, very high standard of qualification um, so the, the program that I went to is the, is the most highly accredited that they offer. Um, when you get certification through them, you automatically get accreditation through the International Coach Federation. So there is a governing body, but it's not, there's not licensure because mm -hmm. they want to maintain the, um, the freedom that we have to work across state lines, right? So if you have a therapist and, you know, you let move. <laughs> you know, to another state. Yeah, and there's a, right. There's a whole different set of implications there. Right. And I know a lot of therapists who are no longer working as therapists. They're working as coaches so that they can do this. Right. But there are things you want to look for. You want to look for someone who is certified by a reputable coaching organization. Um, and you can check the ICF to find out if they are. Um, there is also there are now divorce coach certifications. Now, I know nothing about them because I started divorce coaching before there was such a thing as a certification. So to me, like I'm skeptical of them. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, 
Is this just somebody's created version of what you actually did? Right, like, well, no, what I did. Ploy. I think it's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I be. I haven't gone through the program, so I don't know. Um, but I do wonder if it's just someone who's like, oh, now I'm a divorce coach. I went through a divorce, so now I'm a divorce coach. So now I'm going to create a certification. Like anyone can create a certification. I could be like tomorrow. I could be like, I'm going to certify. Come to my class for $2,000 for the weekend. And at the end, I'm gonna give you a certificate that says you're certified. By whom, in what, right? And so I don't know. What I do know is that, um, you know, there's a lot, as a divorce coach, there's, I mean, look, again, I think we're all, this is a new industry. Um, people say that I'm one of the pioneers of the divorce coaching industry because I've been doing it for 10 years. Like I was doing it. Listen, I had the hardest time starting my business because nobody understood what I did. <laughs> right. That's becoming part of the vernacular now in the last couple of years. People are starting exactly. to heard the expression and think like, do I need this and what's the value add? That's exactly right. And you know, to answer your question, TH2, just it further is that you know, people come to me from listening to my podcast. They know, they know me, they know my, I mean, I'll, I'll talk openly about my certifications and the study that I've, that I've done. I'm certified in individual coaching. I'm also further trained in another year and a half's worth of training in, um, in couples work, um, doing sort of, you know, Gottman based family systems based work, right? So like relationship work, um, family systems work. So, you know, they'll listen to my podcast and, and like, there, there is a sense that I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing is, um, people just need to know that when, when you decide you want to get a divorce, you still have homework to do. So like, in my mind, I think, okay, great. I'm going to hire a divorce coach and he or she is going to take care of a whole bunch of shit for me. Sorry, guys. Make my life so much easier. Uh -huh. But the truth is, no matter what, no matter where you're going to start, you have to do your homework, which I didn't do. I went to a friend. She said, go to that lawyer. I spewed all my stuff all over her desk. I spent an exorbitant amount of money and time and four years and, uh, I'm not sure how different it would have been in the end because of my situation. Every divorce is different and it only takes one person to drag you through the court system. So I didn't want it, but I, you don't have a choice sometimes. So I just think that an important message to everybody is take a deep breath, get your lay of the land. And then what do you tell them? Like, what would you tell them, Kate? Like when you, in, when you interview them for the first time and they're like, Oh my God, this happened, that happened. I need help. I don't know what to do. What are like your top questions that you ask them to kind of see, first of all, is this someone you want to take on? Yeah. And also to kind of help figure out what direction are you going to go with this person? Yeah. I mean, I really listen for <clears throat> personal responsibility and not just like, you know, he, this, he, this, he, this, right. And I also work with so many women who are coming out of emotional abusive situations that they're actually taking on too much, you know? And so th their entire worldview is it's my fault or he says, I'm doing this, I'm confused, I don't understand. Um, so there's a lot of that. Um, 
I don't have sort of specific questions, right? Because everybody's story is so different. But what I do say is, you know, the first thing you want to do is educate yourself. You have got to start to educate. And that's why you hire a divorce coach. You hire someone who is an expert in divorce so that I'm guiding you along this path. Like what, what are my, every time you come to a roadblock, you're like, I don't even know what my options are. Like, I literally don't know. It's like walking into a grocery store in a foreign land. You're standing in the aisle and you're like, I don't know which is milk and which is apple juice. Like, I don't, like, this makes no sense to me, right? And so my job is to be like, oh, so listen, here's what the, here's what milk looks like in this country, right? And here's how it's packaged. And here's what apple juice is like. And so, you know, you just have to decide for your meal, whether you want to choose one or the other. My experience would be that this would probably not work for you based on what you're telling me about your, you know, exes or soon to be ex or husband's whatever, um, you know, temperament or what he said. Um, So you may want to consider this, but here is, here's how this looks and why it's maybe more difficult or easier for you, right? So you want someone who's sort of translating And then, you know, and then I also really help people because I've been doing this for so long. I help with the conversation, like how to have difficult conversations, how to tell someone you want a divorce in a way that will be heard and will land and will not get you into a shitload. Um, Can I say that on your podcast? You can. And I I want to get into that more specifically about the whole, will you say or will you go? But just for a second to back up for a moment, like Tisha and I are always saying kind of what you're saying, the messaging of kind of people who are going through divorce, obviously for the first time, like you just don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know what direction to go in and you don't know what all of your options are. And so obviously it's hugely beneficial to have someone kind of help shepherding you down the path that might be the best fit for you versus you. You may not even know if you grabbed a lawyer right away, if their specialty is litigation, and that's not even what the direction that you want to go. And so I, I do think there's so much value to like working with someone that can kind of give you an, a lay of the land of what the options are. But the should I say or should I go? I mean, so presumably you have people who are coming to you saying, I might want to get divorced and I don't know if I should. How do you navigate that? Yeah, it's a process. It's a very long process, but it's a process. Um, and the first thing we do, the very first thing we do, right? Because so much of it is, I think so much of of the discernment process is, is it him or is it me? Right. Like, I don't, he says it's him. I think it might be me. Like, he says it's me. I think it might be him, but I'm not sure. I don't understand, right? And at the end of the day, we have to start with us, right? So the first the first step in the process is always internal. So in my in my online program, should I stay or should I go? The very first module is all about ourselves. It's about our own values. It's about, and it's not values like corporate values that you pick off of a list. Like there's a very deep process for mining for personal values where sometimes it's like, I'm, it's fine. He's fine. I just, uh, right? And and a lot of times that'll be answered in the value section, right? It's like, oh, look, I have a, I have a strong value around personal development. I'm hiring a coach, obviously, right? But I, but my, and my, my husband like 
has never been to therapy in his life and he doesn't believe in it. Well, that's a, that's a misalignment of values. You know, there's no right or wrong there. I mean, there is, but whatever, <laughs> but take the judgment out of it. It's a matter of opinion. I mean, right. Right. Take, but take the judgment out of it. And it's, it's a, just a misalignment. Right. And so you, so we do that work. We do, you know, internal inner critic work, right? Like, and we do a lot of family history. So we're all given this relationship blueprint from generations this is a generations long blueprint and we have to work to understand it. Who we are when we come into a marriage, what are we expecting? What are we looking for? Um, what's our wounding? Is it is it my wound that he keeps rubbing up against or is he like stabbing me with a pencil every day? Like what, what is it? Um, often it's both, right? Right. Because we choose the people that most mirror our, you know, all that stuff. So, so we start there and then we move into, um, I do a lot of work on, you know, cultural, so, so, you know, social cultural impacts, um, a lot of work on, um, the patriarchy and how it, how it makes women feel about their relationships or what their expectations are, why we are so fucking exhausted all the time yeah right and like is that just a function of this is this is what it's like to be married in the 21st century or is it a function of like you're actually married to someone who is um perpetuating that in a really toxic way um and then we get into abuse and breaking down all the kinds of abuse and like what that looks like and what it feels like um, and then we get then we get into the more interpersonal stuff around communication styles, attachment styles, right? All of that, all of that other relationship stuff, and like, what is a healthy relationship even supposed to look like or feel like? That's right. a process. So someone comes it to is. you, not that they want you to decide in twenty four hour period whether or not nope. they want divorced, <laughs> but like, I'm, but curious, like, how? What is it, the average length? Mm-hmm. for you with this process with someone when they come to you and they're not sure what's the average length and I'm also curious what the percentage is that moves forward with divorce versus sure. yeah so look people who are in healthy happy relationships are not googling should I stay or should I go in the middle of the night mm-hmm. so people who are in healthy happy relationships are not listening to my podcast and trying to figure out the answer to this question they're not in my Facebook group. They're not right. Like, no. So the, the, the data set is a little skewed, <laughs> right? And what ends up happening is it can be, listen, it depends on the, the process. The length of the process really depends. If you're doing my online program, which I just described the, all the modules of, if you're doing my online program, you can go through that as quickly or as slowly as you want. And a lot of people take a lot of time because it's a lot of information and it can be really hard to process. It was designed to take three months. It's a 12 week, you know, kind of thing, one module a week, but like really you can do it. You can sit down and do it, knock it out in a weekend if you must. But it depends um, on where you're starting from. Right. And it depends on where you're you starting know, from. Like That's right. If you, if you've been in this, if you've been in this frame of mind for such a long time, it probably takes a few weeks to go through each module because you're, you're still dealing with your own, like, wait, that's me? Like, I did that? Or I'm responsible for this? Or, you know, like, assuming responsibility, I feel like, for me, anyway, 
was a big growing thing and it did not happen overnight and nor would I expect it to, but I wasn't really watching it while I was going through it. But now looking back, I mean, I don't know when it happened exactly. I know there was a hallelujah on the day that I got the phone call and I knew that I was out of my marriage, but I was very upset for my kids. Sure. So then that's a whole other thing. You know, I was happy. We're done. Yes. Okay. What do I do about my kids? I don't want my kids to be. So I think there's a lot of education. There's a lot. It's a lot of education. It is. We have had such terribly toxic um, information about what screws up kids and how divorce is quote bad for kids and how, you know, it'll fuck, fuck them up for life and they'll be drug addicts and alcoholics. And we're better you know, off than at home where the parents are fighting all the time. The parents and hate terrible other. role models. And that, like, right? Those are the relationships that you're modeling now for your kids to, to have. That's way better. Exactly. And exactly. And this is why it's generational. This is why the relationship blueprint and the relational trauma that you are carrying is generational because your your parents didn't get out or they did, but they did it in a horribly toxic way. So divorce itself, statistically speaking, like there have been studies that have been done on this. Divorce does not screw up our kids. Contentious, rage-filled, protracted litigation battles will fuck up your kids. And yeah. contentious marriages will fuck up. And the people. And contentious marriages, living, that's right, living in a hellscape of mm-hmm. anger and resentment, whether it's out loud or it's just simmering below the surface, you think you're hiding it, you guys? You're not. No, you're definitely just not. not. My kids and, would say, oh, you guys were always fighting and we were never fighting. We, right. we were you thought you were so, but the you silence, you so mm-hmm. the silence is fighting. Yes, the silence right. and the tension in the air and, and your facial expression and your body reaction, like, you don't have to say a word. And my kids remember us fighting and it's yeah. very interesting. That's right. You know, to see that. So it's something to look at for yourself, for sure. What are some of, would you say, Teach and I were talking about this earlier, like, what would you say are maybe the top three biggest concerns for women that are coming to you? Um, who've decided to move forward with divorce because there, there presumably is some kind of a common thread, right? Amongst sure. I mean, their kids for one thing, their kids a hundred percent sure for sure. Um, the other thing is like, am I going to do this again? Am I gonna get, am I going to choose the same kind of relationship yet again? Um, and then it's co-parenting really it's, it's how, if I have to have a relationship with this person for the rest of my life, how am I going to do so without being, I mean, again, it depends on the, it depends on the dynamic and the relationship. If it's been a super toxic, high conflict relationship, um, it's boundaries, 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 boundaries. I mean, divorce is the biggest boundary there is, but it's a lot of boundaries. Um, And this is the, it's not my fucking job conversation, you know? It's, this is, it's not, it's not your fucking job to like take care of the kids when they're on his time. Like I even had someone post in my Facebook group yesterday and that just broke my heart. She said, my, um, my, my soon to be ex is taking our daughter away on a vacation. Am I supposed to pack for her? Well, wait, hold on, hold on. Because before you answer my, I I just want to go in because I have no idea where you're going with it. Go for it. 
if, if you are the primary custodial parent and the child lives with you 99% of the time and all their sure. in your house, then yes, sure. but I think if your kids are 50, 50 and they have stuff there, then, then I think that they can handle it. That's my two cents. Go ahead. I totally agree. If it's custodial, if you're 99, if yes, sure. But it's, I don't know if it's still your job to do the packing, right? So it's, so maybe he needs to say, hey, do you have, or like, I'm going to need, um, you know, a, a, an extra sweater or, right? Like it's still his, he should be initiating it. If it's his trip, he needs to initiate it. And this is a control thing, right? He's mm -hmm. going to fuck it up. Totally. Let him and then fuck it up. And your kid is going to suffer. And your kid, <laughs> oh, my kid's going to suffer. It's right. like, look, there's a target where you're going. I'm, a, I'm sure. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm sure there's a target. You can run out to the store and buy whatever is missing. Let him fail. Let him fail. This is what we do all the time as women. We're so fed up with the fact that it's all our job. It's always our fucking job all the time. And we're exhausted by it and we're fed up by it, but we don't stop doing the jobs. You enable it. And so we enable it. And so I remember when I first got divorced, look, I'd been a stay-at-home mom. It was my job. All of that was my job. And then when I got divorced, my the very first weekend that there was a birthday party on my ex's weekend, he called me in a blind panic because he didn't know what to do. And like, I, I, I don't know what to get him. I don't, I don't and I'm like, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. He's like, but I don't, well, I don't know what he likes. I'm like, I bet his mom does. <laughs> All his mom, right? Like I'm not, I'm not running to Target to buy a present and, and listen, and I, and I took my hands off of it and I said, you're a smart man. I'm 100% sure you'll figure this out. And he did. And by the way, he also showed up to many birthday parties without anything for the kid. Yes. And he would like bring a present like weeks later, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, it's no big deal. I can do it later right. uh, until, you know, he started to, I think someone like gave him some feedback about that. That wasn't me. <laughs> you well, know? I, what you That's just right. said, I do think it was a reflection on me that my kids went to birthday parties, dropped off by their dad, empty handed with no gifts. And when some, sure. Yeah. And if someone says something to you, be like, I'm sorry. It was like, I'm trying to, no one um, I just think it was a reflection on me, but it was people do chirp it's a reflection on him, but people do chirp and make you believe the other way. Like she didn't even, she didn't even make sure that he had a gift to bring. It, it's society that, sure. that feeds I mean, the flame every time. And ever, and I would say that like be the person in your friend group that says maybe that's not her fucking job right right be the per be the one that when people start gossiping and chirping about it you smash that shit down yeah smash it yep. down she's going through a divorce and she's taking her hands off and she's she's divorcing this man because she's tired of doing all the work so how do you because the way you just said that you spoke to your ex-husband about you know getting the gift you said you're a smart man yeah. So you're starting with a positive. So when it's you who's dealing with someone who doesn't know or doesn't want to know or doesn't even care, you know, I assume you're, you're doing, you're practicing what you preach, right? Totally. You're saying to them, well, if he's being a jerk, say, listen, you're a smart man. You can figure this out instead of being like, you know what, you're an F and A 
and go screw yourself and go freaking figure it out. So that's not going to get you anywhere. No, listen, my, my friend, Susan, Susan Guthrie calls me the communication queen because I teach communication. I, I taught communication for years in corporate America. Like I was going into fortune 500 companies teaching communication. So this is my jam, right? So so I teach people how to have conversation, how to have really hard conversations in ways that they can be heard, right? So if my ex was like, I don't know what to get him. And I was like, you dumb MF, like, right. what are you fucking thinking? You have a three-year-old, what, what's your problem? Like, no, right. my, like, that's not effective communication. Effective communication is when you get the other person to kind of like hear you and perhaps do something <laughs> that you want them to do, right? So for me to say to my ex, like, you're, you are a smart cookie. I know you haven't done this before, but I know that you're going to figure, you'll figure this out. And my boundary is that I'm not going to do this for you. You know, he heard that he was like, oh yeah, that's right. I am. Look, no man wants to be seen as incompetent. They all want to walk into the birthday party as the super dad who's doing this divorce and like, I got this and I don't need her right? They all do, whether whoever initiated, <laughs> right? They all want, they don't want this, the, the stereotype, um, you know, bumbling dad to apply to them. Right. Right. So through all of your years of doing this, and obviously the impetus behind starting this whole path for yourself, where you're really paying it forward, but also enhancing so much for yourself, what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned over the years in working with so many different people and uh, that kind of made you stop and say, I didn't think about that? It's not as positive as you may be. No, um, I think it's more the negative that we're not willing to. to yeah, speak. I have never. Um, I had no idea how much abuse there was. No idea until I really got into this. And it is, I will, I will cover my ass here because yes, women abuse men. However, statistically speaking, 85%, 85% of abuse victims are women. And we live in a society that upholds that, that applauds it. We, in my opinion, took a huge backslide um, in that in the last five, six years. Um, And I never wanted to know. I never wanted to know that this was true, Um, but it is. And so we have a lot of work to do and we have a lot of work to do in um, educating. <clears throat> I'm about to do start a pretty intense um, awareness campaign around abuse because it is um, it is so prevalent. And here's the thing: I did like a little social experiment. I I posted on my um, on my in my private Facebook group that has about six thousand women in it something about emotional abuse and the and, and needing to tell our stories. And the outpouring was insane. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments. I posted the same thing on my personal page, which is public. And 
men and women alike are on there. I had two not all menners, one of whom was my father. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and, and we had a good discussion about it, but like, you know, his first reaction was like, Hey, there are, there are good men out there. And I'm like, I oh, know. <laughs> we're not talking about those guys. We're not talking about those guys. Um, and, uh, but more private messages than comments. Right, because people right, don't want they're to still afraid. Out. Because people don't, they're still afraid and they don't want to be branded as that and they don't want to be known as that. And like, there's like, there's shame around our victimhood. Yes. And it's so, it's so insidious and it's so awful. And it, that's one thing that I am hell bent on changing. I never got into this to be the emotional abuse divorce coach, but that's, that's essentially what I've become. And it's not because I went out marketing myself as that. It's because that's what people, more people need than anything else. And, and a lot of them don't even know it, right? They come to me and they tell me their stories and I'm like, hi, that's emotional abuse. Like him saying those things to you is abuse. Like that is abuse. And I'm not like, believe me, I'm not using that as a blanket, like, right. oh, everyone's being abused. No, right. not everyone's a narcissist either. Right. right. This is overused. We have right. got, but we've got to get clear on what it is. Yeah. When we, um, we first put the word out about X experts, we were in a magazine, a local magazine, and we had an 800 number on there about, you know, supporting women through divorce and, you know, creating this platform. And someone called our number and um, I called back because, you know, I'm new to this business. So <laughs> oh she had my phone number and whatever, but her neighbor ripped out the article and brought it over to her. And she is in an abusive, in an abusive marriage currently with children. So I go into like TH action. I support the local um, shelter for women and children here in Northern New Jersey for many, many years. So I call my contact there. What do I do? Tell her to call the hotline, called her, call the hotline. She called the hotline, called the lawyer. What do I do? Keep her on the hotline. Tell her to call the police. Like it's, it's a, I, I was, I like was freaking out. Jessica will tell you, I just, I, I just, I felt like, so the long and short of that story is I, I don't know what ultimately happened, but I do know that the shelter took care of her. Right. Yeah. And so many times safe. they can't. Right. That's right. So because the people aren't ready to, to, to go there. But um, I just, it, it's like a very, it must be a very uncomfortable position for you to be on a regular basis. Because I know for me in that instant, I was like, oh my God, what do I do oh, yeah. to make sure this woman's going to be okay? Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's exhausting. It's, very, very uncomfortable. It's exhausting. But, it's, but thankfully there are people like you out there who, and the shelters that can yeah. help. Yeah. And the, sh the shelters are difficult because there are a lot of barriers to entry with shelters. Um, we had a woman recently from our group who um, messaged the mods, um, the moderators of our Facebook group with a video that was like, there was blood everywhere and he had just attacked her. And we were trying to get her into her shelter and we couldn't because she has a teenage son and they will not let teenage boys into wow. shelters wow. so 
So we had to, we start, we have a fund actually called the Thrive Fund and we, um, we, we collect donations. It's not a 501c3 for a variety of reasons, um, but we just, it's like a reciprocal fund where we just collect donations so that we can help people like this. So we got her into a hotel for, um, you know, a few nights until she could get herself into a shelter. But it's horrifying. So that is horrifying. And so that's one of your big lessons that you learned, like just to the st stats on abuse and kind of the realistic, the reality yes. of what it yeah. is going on. Which is yep, that's right. Well, Kate, I mean, I just, uh, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing Thank for you so many reasons, honestly. Um, and you're an absolute pleasure. So I wish that you were my coach because <laughs> I could feel like you would have been my friend and would have had my back totally. um, instead of going through the court system of all the what not to do's. Unfortunately, um, I was going through it at the same time as you. Yeah, so. seriously. So we're like a sisterhood of our own. That's well, true. So, it's true. And I'm so glad you guys are doing what you're doing and bringing more awareness. It's just all, all the awareness is needed. And so it's great. Thank you. We're hoping to make a difference, right? That's what we're all doing. We're going to try to make divorce easier. It's not a negative thing. It's an opportunity for you to revamp, relook at things for yourself and then, you know, heal and grow better. Heal and grow. Well, awesome. We'll continue this conversation um, more. I mean, there's so much more to talk about. So thank you so much. I'm sure everyone listening, like really appreciates all of your insight and all of Kate's information, contact information, um, links to her website uh, and the programs are all going to be on X Experts. So um, you can log on there at xexperts.com. It's spelled out E X E X P E R T S. And our podcast is up, as is Kate's, which is definitely a must listen. And as Tate mentioned before, both of our favorite episodes are the, it's not your fucking job. So that, that has to be your first listen to just start there. Yeah, just put the, put that link in the, in, in the, on yes. the website. Just yes. start there, right. <laughs> so, uh, thank you again so much, Kate. We hope to speak with you soon. Thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to divorce, etc. with the X experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.